Welcome to Manager to Manager, a podcast about the experiences of people leaders and how we can enable them to lead engaged, healthy, and high-performing teams. I'm Kamaria Scott, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you join us as we learn, lead, and succeed together. Welcome to another episode of Manager to Manager. I'm excited to have you join us. If you have been one of the many managers that I have supported in their development or coached, you've heard me say that being a manager is really just about the box that you hold on the org chart, but leadership is how you choose to show up to that role. So today I'm so pleased to introduce you to a leader who has influenced how I chose to show up as a manager. And he's going to share with us how he's been influenced over the years by his leaders and how he pulls that into his own personal leadership. So I'd like to introduce you to Larry Appel. Larry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. Would you just share with our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm a lawyer by training and then came into business sort of halfway or management, if you will, halfway through my career. I was the general counsel at Winn-Dixie when Dixie went through a bankruptcy and uh, that was an opportunity for me to start flexing some uh, muscles on the on the business side. And ultimately, I was chief operating officer there and then the CEO of two companies, a small CPG food company called Skeeter Snacks and a uh, larger uh, food retailer, the Fresh Market, with uh, 160 stores in 23 states. So it's been a, an interesting and a very fun ride. I, I can imagine. And what people may not know, they've heard me tell this story before about there was a leader that I encountered who said, you know, Camaria, I don't want you to teach our store directors about engagement. I want you to teach them how to be engaging. And you were that leader. You were the one who said to me, Camaria, help them be different. And that was a very influential opportunity for me to think about how we develop leaders and how we change how they behave. One of the things that I've learned over the years is that the greatest impact on how we develop leaders is by who they're exposed to. So I'm wondering if you might share some of the leaders who you were exposed to and how that exposure influenced the leader that you became. I would be happy to. And I agree with you, by the way, that one of the ways we learn to be leaders is by the role models who show us the way. Uh, And I was incredibly fortunate in my career to have several really amazing leader role models, if you will who taught me lessons that I took with me in my career. One of them, I'll pick the first the first leader that I was in the business world with, Larry Smith, who was the general counsel at the Home Depot when I got there. And he taught me about the value of caring about the people that you work with as a leader. Honestly, truly caring. From the moment that I walked in the building working for him, he showed in, in a dozen different ways that in all honesty, he cared more about my growth and development than, than he cared about his own in the way he asked me what I was interested in in a career path, in the way that he took time to build out plans with me, um, took pride in my accomplishments. If you're in a relationship with a manager who truly cares about you as a person and truly cares about your career growth, you're never going to forget that. And it's going to impact you forever. To give you, uh, to give you another example, another leadership trait is honesty. Honesty in the way you communicate to people, even when it's challenging. And Peter Lynch, who was the CEO at Winn-Dixie, right as we were preparing to file for bankruptcy, demonstrated that in just an incredibly powerful way. I don't even know if I would call it honesty as much as heroic honesty. 
as we were planning for the filing, every single advisor, and there are dozens of special bankruptcy advisors who tell you what to do, said, listen, you guys are going to be closing stores and you're going to have to do a riff in the corporate office and you can't talk about that. Everybody yeah. will leave if you tell and you'll, um, you'll lose the business. It'll die. And Peter said, that's not who I am. And he walked into a town hall the morning before we filed and he told him exactly what was going to happen. But he said that he was going to use the same honesty and the same uh, people first attitude in every decision he made that he was making and talking to people about the fact that there would be layoffs today. Mm-hmm. I think we lost one, maybe two people during the bankruptcy because on that day in that moment, Peter Lynch earned their trust and loyalty. Can I ask you a question about that? Because one one might categorize that conversation as, as a difficult conversation, but yet he held to being honest. Can you dig in a little bit more about how important it is to di- to be honest, even when it's difficult, even when you're unsure of what the outcome might be? So I think that's something that a lot of managers do struggle with is they lean back away from conversations because... They, they perceive it's going to be difficult and they don't quite know what's going to happen on the other side of it. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, one way to answer that is to say, if you're only honest when it's easy, are you really honest? You know, it's the challenge that brings out the essence of us. It's, it's in the difficult moments that we really have the opportunity to live our values. And if you come through and you live your values in that moment, that I think changes what's going to happen going forward. And sure, there could be risk. The, the most important decisions in life are typically not right or wrong. You have to jump in and then make it right. When, when Peter, for instance, just showed his vulnerability that day, showed his commitment to his value of those people being important to him and his trust and his ability to earn their trust and loyalty being the thing that would define him going forward through the most difficult thing a business can do. He changed the dynamic. That moment changed the dynamic going forward. So sure, it's hard to be honest. That's why I called it heroic honesty, right? It's hard to be honest when you don't know the stakes and the risks are great. But I think those are the moments that your honesty most changes the outcome too, in the way that you're hoping it will. Because it's almost like that honesty and that vulnerability is why people trust you, even when you're delivering a difficult message to them. They, they're able to see that you're still trying to sort of be in it with them. You're still trying to show up and 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 give them the right information, even though it might seem uncertain. Can you give us another example? What's something else you might have learned from a leader that you've that you've pulled forward? Sure, I'll give you uh, two from the Home Depot because. I was in this incredible opportunity to be at the Home Depot when the founders were still there, Bernie Marcus and Arthur Blank, and um, to work with them for several years and, and to get lessons from both of them that I think were, were critical for me. For Arthur, it's, it's the power of, of empowering people, that leaders don't just manage. They may manage, but they also empower. Mm-hmm. And one of the real struggles is figuring out where you want to manage and set guardrails and where you want to empower and let people fly. And so Arthur had this way of doing it. He used to train all the new store managers. And I attended his new store manager training one, one week early. And there were three boxes that he told him to think about decision making. in. And the first and second are unimportant for this discussion. But the third was, if you're in front of a customer, 
you're standing there with a guest in the store and you have to decide what the right thing to do. You are empowered to use your judgment and do anything, break any rule, and you'll never get in trouble. We'll never second guess you because you're there in that moment and we want your passion for, for the guest to guide your decision. And if you think about the way people walked out of that discussion, the confidence he had shown in them, and their redoubling and retripling of a commitment to responsibly take care of the gas, it's incredibly empowering. And that really was that idea that he who is the closest to the guest wins and you are empowered was one of the founding principles of, of the Home Depot. And that's not management, that's leadership in my book. I would agree with that. And I think one of the places where managers often ask for help is exactly what Larry did was, which is make it clear to us what's subjective and what's expected. Help us to understand where do I have latitude to make the right decision? And then where do I need to sort of almost follow the policy to the letter? And what's the difference between the two? And so for him kind of giving you that that open door to say, this is the area. If it comes to the guests, you have the ability to use your subjective decision-making and make the best decision. And you can do that without fear versus some other area where, okay, there might be consequence here. And this is where we need you to maybe not do that. And I do think- I was going to say, I said box one and box two were unimportant for the story, but box one was, don't worry about it, just do it. Oh, okay. General administrative standard forms. If you have a better way of filling of of putting together a personal action notice form, don't spend a second on it. Just do what's there, right? So he gave them ways to think about where they should follow the rules um, and where they should be passionate about being the rule, about being the person who would determine what what was right because they knew better. And it made sense to them. I do do, do know better in that moment in front of that guest than somebody back at the office what to do. So I feel empowered. It's logical to me. I'm doing my part. I'm part of the vision of the Home Depot and part of making it what it is. And that's a powerful thing for a leader to do. I mean, think about you know how many stores and how many team members he's bringing into that vision. It, it's powerful when you think about it from a from a size and scale perspective and the amount of trust <laughs> that it demonstrates in people's ability to know the right thing to do to trust that they're going to do the right thing for the guest and for the organization. And, you know, the examples retail, but you could pick how you engage in any industry for any reason. It's where are you going to empower people? Um, I want to share one more story with you. so personally impactful to me. Um, So Bernie Marcus, who, you know, in my opinion, along with Sam Walton is just one of the generational retail leaders of, of, of our time. I'm a young lawyer still at, at the Home Depot. And he pulls me aside one day and says, I'm going on a world tour tomorrow and I want you to come with. You're going to learn how to walk retail stores with me tomorrow. And we spent the day together and we walked and, and he's got a whole way that he walks stores in terms of how he gets away from the people who brought him there and how much time he spends with the tour team members all the way back in the lumber aisle and how much time he spends with guests. But the point was not necessarily what he taught me. He was sharing with me his passion and, 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 and being able to inspire would be another trait of a great leader. And that day, not in a big group, not at a big town hall, not in a big announcement, 
But one-on-one, -on -one, because for some reason he had decided today was the day Larry Appel is going to see what Bernie <laughs> Marcus's passion is. He inspired me. And I, that day I fell in love with retail. I fell in love with being in stores. I fell in love with, with our guests. And it completely changed the arc of my entire career. Just another day. But Bernie decided it would be a day he would share his passion with me. What I take away from that is two things. One, the importance of as a people leader, as a manager, that you first have to have something that you're passionate about. Yes. So the energy that you can't pass on to something that you don't have. So how you approach and feel about your own role, your own career, your own, the work you're doing is really important because then you're able to share that with others. Correct. The other thing that stands out to me with that is he still was very personable to spend the quality time walking you through the store. And when I think about how we even think about developing people and helping them learn and grow, it's not always sending them to a training class. It could be the time that you take to work with them on something, to say, I'm going to pull up my chair next to you and I'm going to show you how to do this, or I'm going to have you walk the store with me. So you can see how I do it. And in that interaction, you're also building a relationship because he is giving you, you know, his advice, his impact. But I would imagine that during that time that he was, you know, is giving, inspiring you, he was also building that relationship so that you knew if you had any other things to come to him with, you could also talk to him about that. So I could be wrong there, but I'd love for you to weigh in. No, and kind of Absolutely. Um Sending people to seminars and leadership development programs is great. I think 90-something percent of what I learned about being a leader mm -hmm. and 90-something percent of what formed my leadership skill set, whatever that may or may not be, didn't come from those formal engagements. It came from those honest moments, sometimes intentional, like Bernie spending a day with me and building a relationship. And of course, it was a relationship. And sometimes maybe they were just doing their thing. Like Peter, Peter wasn't speaking at a town hall on a bakery, on a bankruptcy <laughs> thing, because he wanted to instill a leadership lesson in me. Right. He was doing what he needed to do that day. And I was just there to see it and be exposed to it. Either way, those are incredible leadership moments. And so maybe what that says is that as a leader, you're going to be teaching lessons, both intentional and unintentional. So beware of what you're teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's that's a powerful one for right? everyone. I mean, yes, to really know about. I want to go back. How what did it mean to you personally to have him take that time and and really walk you through the store? Like, did it impact you any way? Absolutely. Um, first off, I mean. We're talking about Bernie Marcus, right? Um, <laughs> right? So it told there, look, he didn't do that with everyone, right? Because mm -hmm. there are hundreds of thousands of team members at Home Depot. He can't walk a store individually with every single one of them. So number one, it said that Bernie Marcus saw something in me that was worth investing some time in. And that is obviously incredibly validating. Number two, it was, as I said, just one of the most impactful days about what it means to be a leader that I've ever, I've ever had. So it, it inspired me in the moment and it directed, I mean, I caught his passion for something, right. Mm -hmm. um, it changed 
everything that happened after that. What's so important about what you're saying now is how a leader, again, can impact you in a way, and at the time, they may not even know it, but a way that is really life-changing and shapes who you become, both kind of as a professional, so like your love of going into retail, but also how you choose to then pay it forward into other people. So I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about I'm a firm believer that you haven't really learned until you've learned to do something different and you actually put that into action. So taking those those stories, those lessons that you learned from those leaders, can you talk a little bit about how that changed you as a leader and how that kind of showed uh, how that started to show up and how you then developed or helped other people become leaders over time? Sure. Um, because I don't know what kind of leader you are if you don't want to, if you're not passionate about paying forward the leadership lessons you received. I mean, I, that, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> so, um, well, let, let's take a simple one, right? I said, I learned how important it was to care uh, individually about the people that you work with from Larry Smith. And in all honesty, from Bernie Marcus too, on that walk. And there are, there are ways big and small that that impacts you. And frankly, intentionally and unintentionally, because it becomes part of your core essence, which, by the way, is important outside your work life, too. Caring about people is a good thing in a lot yeah. of different ways. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so I remember um, Hurricane Florence, I think it was, in 2018, took a pretty good swipe out of North Carolina and a bunch of our stores in some pretty small some markets that are hard to get to. And we were asking people right after the storm hit, this is at the fresh market, to get back into the store, assess damage, figure things out, you know. And it was dicey because there was no, there were a lot of places there was no power, there were trees down. I got in my car and started driving. And I said, if if people are going to be out checking out their stores, I'm going to be there with them as the CEO of this company. And, and I showed up in Southern Pines and Fayetteville and Wilmington and Greenville and all kinds of places, sometimes not really knowing what the right route was going to be because <laughs> trees and power, but you know, you figure it out. And was there that much I could do to help them in those stores? I mean, I tried, but not really. But did they know that that their leadership cared about them? You know, and when you're in that store, are you asking only about the store or are you asking how their family is, when their power is going to get up and whether they have a lot of food? You can show people that. And although it's not the reason you do it, those stories buzz through an organization, right? They have an impact on way more than the people in the stores that you met. But then there are just countless small ways. The conversations you have, uh, you know, remembering that somebody's kid had a big soccer game last weekend and asking him about it on Monday. I mean, it's not all bright lights and shiny objects. Sometimes it's just sort of the deep good work of being a decent human. And remembering that the people that are around you are decent humans, too, and that you you do care about them. And then sometimes you don't know that you had an impact. You told me a story about an interaction we had had, you know, so whatever you think you're doing, it's probably multiplied. I don't think we see enough examples of of care or we don't even hear enough examples of leaders talking through care so that managers can see that it's OK to be human and it's OK to really have a um, an emotional connection to the people who work for you. So I think even through showing up and asking about family and asking how people are doing, 
you're still sort of demonstrating to people your own values and, and making it okay for them to demonstrate that as well. I'd love to hear just one more example of how you might have pulled something else you've learned into, into your own leadership approach. Sure. So let's take let's take the lesson of honesty and go back to that pre-bankruptcy meeting and the courage of honesty that it took to talk about that. Now, years later, I walk into the fresh market, which had gone through a highly leveraged transaction and then seen the business results drop and was in a fairly challenged financial position. We had to make changes and we didn't have forever to make them. We needed to make them quickly. And there was a town hall meeting that had already been scheduled where all the store managers come to one place, like two weeks after I got there. And so I had to decide what to talk to them about. And the easy thing would have been to avoid the hard fact that financially, we didn't have forever to change. We, we were going to put programs in place and we needed people to grab them. I just remembered what Peter did. And I said, I, I'm, you know, I understand the risk, right? People run away because they think the company's in, in, in a difficult financial situation. But I'm going to be honest with these people. And we sort of walked through a whole exercise. We defined EBITDA and then we talked about what it means. And we talked about how much we had. And we talked about what their store trends were. And we talked about how much debt we had and how much cushion that left us. And that that was that that we needed to start growing in the right direction again, which we hadn't done in a few years, or the margin for error was going to get too thin. And um, I know there were a lot of people on the leadership team that day who wondered whether that was the right thing to do. As people embraced the change, as we did turn the business around, and as a couple of years later, some of our competitors didn't make the shift and actually mm -hmm. filed for bankruptcy. I had people coming up to me saying, thank you for, for that honesty. It scared me a little bit. But, and I think a little bit like Peter had done for those people in that room, they said, well, Larry earned my trust and loyalty that day. And I'm going to stick it out because maybe there's something with this team that I want to be a part of. That's an example, another example of a leadership lesson that I learned sort of playing out in my career later when I was in the role where I had to exhibit that courage of honesty. Mm. I have two questions. I'm going to ask them at the same time, but definitely pull them apart to, to respond. So one of the things that, that stands out to me in these stories, as you're able to connect what you received from leaders who influenced how you lead and how you were able to then call upon that in the situations as how you wanted to be a leader and, and kind of help other people. One of the things that we often hear from, from managers or, or leaders who are maybe lower in the organization is that they are not the recipient of what they're expected to give. These particular leaders, I think, did it naturally. You might even do it naturally. How important do you think that it is for more senior leaders to be really deliberate about how they um, exude, how they demonstrate their leadership to those who are in, in the care of others to help them almost emulate those values, that leadership. How important is that to do deliberately? And then the next question is, you also have been able to tie this back to business impact. 
you've been able to talk about how it helped you turn around the business, how it helped you to honestly retain um, to retain people in the organization. Can you speak to is there is there a real business impact to having good leadership and to being sure that you are making it almost accountable for for people in an organization? Sure, they're 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 actually pretty highly related questions, but I will try to pull them apart if you uh, need to. That's <laughs> okay. So the first one is is how important is it to be purposeful as a leader in uh, developing the leadership of the people who work for you? And the answer to that is incredibly important. Perhaps the most important thing that you're going to do every day, any day, is build the leadership of your team. Because in in it, look, I've worked in fairly large organizations. It should go without saying that no one person can deliver success in a you know multi hundred store chain. The success of the business is entirely incumbent upon the leadership strength of the, of the people that that work for you. And if you're not out building that on a regular basis, then you're just missing the boat. And I don't know how you win over time because. You know, the leadership capability of the overall organization stalls if you're not building it every day. So as a as a just a factual matter, it's critical to the business. You know, under most personal value systems, the importance of sharing that which it helped and inspired you with others is incredibly important. Forget the business impact as to your the personal impact of the kind of human you want. And so whether it's your personal values or your business values or your business scorecard, there's a reason everybody worth their salt in any leadership book that's ever written has said the number one asset inside your business are your people. Well, if you're investing in the stores and you're investing in your supply chain and you're not investing in your people, why have you picked the most important asset to be the one that you don't invest in? <laughs> The most powerful way to invest in your people is to invest of yourself. The second half is, so how important is it for the organization, my words, to have some accountability around that happening, mm-hmm. around making sure that leaders lead and share leadership and mentor and grow people. And I think that, again, uh, that is that is critically important. And so the, the notion of of any business person not having a balanced scorecard, which in addition to financial metrics includes people metrics, seems crazy to me. And so, sure, if you if you want to know how you're doing, I want to know what your numbers are, you know, your sales, your margin, whatever it is. But I also want to know, are you delivering the formal training programs you're supposed to do for your people? Are your people getting promoted? Are you mentoring someone? Are you... Uh, do you have engagement scores that show that people understand a career path and feel empowered to go? However, you in in any particular, I won't judge how an organization chooses to measure their success in their developing their people. Mm-hmm. I will judge an organization that doesn't choose to me- measure that at all. I appreciate you sharing that because we definitely want to make sure that organizations do it in whatever way makes sense for them. But the acknowledgement that there has to be some almost accountability and equal holding or equal value to people leadership, 
uh, is extremely important. So one last question for you. If people are out there and they're thinking about their values or thinking about leadership, how they pay it forward to somebody else, is there any sort of last advice that you would give as to how they how they might go about doing that or what they might keep top of mind? Absolutely. But I want to come back and I just want to add one thought on that last question. People, when they have metrics, right, they have what, what I would call results metrics and leading indicators, right? So a result metric is what were sales. A leading indicator for sales might be what is your customer satisfaction score? If that's going up, it's probably going to lead to more sales. For whatever measure you, for, for, for whatever result metric you may care about in your business, one of the most important leading indicators of where it's going to go is are you developing your people? Mm. So to not measure it, to not, not you said sort of have accountability. <laughs> let's, take, let's take the sort of out of it. Don't the sort of. To ensure accountability for the development of your leaders is the best leading indicator you have of the future success of your business in every way. To your last question, you know, sort of um, thoughts for somebody trying to develop their own leadership skill set out in the mm-hmm. world. Number one, I said I was very fortunate to, to have some incredible role models. Some of that was purposeful, right? I, I chose to do things, to be around people who I thought could be mentors and examples for me. I talk to my kids all the time, and in looking at opportunities, the single most overlooked thing is, is there someone there who you want to role model yourself after? And do, and do you believe they're going to care passionately about you, right? Finding someone who wants to be someone who teaches you leadership is probably the most important decision you can make to build your own leadership. So number one, find people who cultivate leaders and you think might care about you. Number two, there are like a million books out there. They're all fine. At the end of the day, though, the most important thing is not which book you choose to path on. It's whether you can find your authentic way of being, in my words, caring, honest, inspiring, and empowering. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of paths to doing that. And understanding how you do that consistent with you, that's the key. Because your people and and all the people around you, they're they're not fools. Mm -hmm. If you're authentic, they will feel it. If you're inauthentic, they will feel that equally as strongly. So if you've got the right value set in front of you, you be you. And if you're really fortunate, find somebody who wants to see you become the best you you can become and grab onto them and hold them. That is, that is such wise advice. And what I love about that is it's giving accountability. So even if perhaps the person that I directly report to isn't the best example of leadership, I can go find that person. I can go find a leader in the organization and say to them, I'd like to develop and I'd like to grow. I'd like to show up to my role differently. Will you help me? And it doesn't just lock us into who, whatever box happens to be above our box. It gives us empowerment to figure it out. And by the way, because we're often intimidated from doing it, it's like, oh, I don't want to bother them. If they're the kind of person who exhibits the leadership values that, that honor an organization, they probably love the idea of sharing with you. Mm-hmm. You won't be bothering them you'll be honoring them by asking. 
Yeah, that's a that is a lovely sentiment, and I and I want to leave. If you are listening, uh, I want to leave you with that as kind of a parting thought, and maybe a challenge to each one of you to go find someone who you think has wonderful leadership values, and 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 ask them to be a part of your community and to be someone that helps you develop your your leaders. On behalf of all of our listeners, like I want to thank you so much for all that you've shared today. It has been inspiring and insightful. And hopefully we'll help those of us who are leading teams consider how we can show up to our our own roles differently, better, and, and more successful. So thank you for joining us, Larry. Well, thank you. It's been fun. And uh, it was a great conversation. You led me down all kinds of interesting paths. So <laughs> it, was, it was a blast. I appreciate it. To all of you listening, thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If there's a manager in your community who you think might also enjoy it, please feel free to share the episode. I hope it encourages you to take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time on Manager to Manager.